I remember the day so clearly when I received the email that pushed me over the ledge to finally take my risk. I had reached out to someone who was in my exact same position But years before, they were a journalist and they were called into ministry, having to leave behind their comfort, their paycheck, everything to step into what God was calling them to. This person shared how they had been cut to the heart because they knew every day they refused to step into their calling was disobedience to God. And this idea of obedience is such an interesting topic because I think we push it to the side so often because we can logically explain it away. And if we happen to follow an obedience and everything fails, it can seem as though, oh, it must have not been from God. I really wasn't being called. So therefore it wasn't obedience. It was just foolishness. We can do mental gymnastics to get ourselves back to comfort. But God calls us to obedience, whether that leads to what we consider success or not. Welcome back to the Riskers podcast. Today, we welcome Amber Kiera, founder and CEO of Kingdom Eyes, a ministry that empowers people with disabilities to see themselves as God sees them. Amber only has 10% of her vision left. She has an incredible story, an incredible gift And if you are being called to risk and obedience, or maybe think you're not qualified because of a disability, get ready for some revelation with Amber Kiera. So the big question is this, how do Jesus loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, how do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve? the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Amber, welcome to the Riskers Podcast. I have been looking forward to this a ton. You have so much energy, so much life. And you have an incredible, credible story that God is using, and it was all prompted by quite a huge risk. And and your risk was really different because we're coming out of 2020, you know, we're in 2021 now, and it was a hard year and people are losing their jobs and, and hardship is, is coming down on everyone. And, and here you are, you have a job that you love and, and you even found there was security in that, but. God kind of had other plans. Amber, welcome to the Riskers podcast. Let's start with your story. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Caleb, for having me on. I've been looking forward to our conversation for, I've been counting down the days in my (laughs) calendar. So I'm so excited uh, that the time has come. Guys, my name is Amber, like Caleb mentioned. And um, something interesting about me is that I actually lost about 90% of my eyesight growing up. And that was due to a degenerative eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. And I will personally send you a Starbucks gift card if you can spell that, because I still can't. (laughs) Give me a hundred years and I might be able to get that gift card. (laughs) Yeah, 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, so so I lost most of my eyesight. I can see a tiny little bit right in the center. Um, I used to describe it as tunnel vision, but these days it's more like looking through a straw because it's such a tiny little field of vision that I have. And then within that field of vision that's pretty small, uh, the visual acuity is not so great. So, um, so the Lord allowed that to happen and he's taught me so many lessons uh, through that experience. But uh, one thing that I noticed was how much my faith helped me to overcome uh, just the challenges that I had to face from being blind, partially blind, being visually impaired um, in a sighted world. And I'm, you know, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm an achiever. I have big dreams despite, um, you know, the, the lack of eyesight. And so uh, having to overcome these obstacles took a lot of faith. But my experience in the church have not been very favorable. I was told quite a bit growing up that, you know, if I had more faith, God would heal my eyes. I just had to believe more. And so there I was, a little kid, and I, I loved going to church, loved Jesus. I just was always like so pumped about it, right? And to be told that by adults, that if I had more faith, if I believed more than this one thing that I hated so much, because I hated, I hated that I couldn't see, like my, I have a twin brother, his eyesight's perfect, right, so we're growing up side by side, he's running off playing soccer with my cousins, and I'm kind of hanging back, wishing I could see, couldn't even see the ball, so they're telling me if I had more of this one thing, if I had more faith or believed more, which I thought I had pretty great faith as a five-year-old, if I had more faith, then this one thing I hated so much would be gone. And that was so damaging. It's damaging to my faith. It's damaging to my outlook like of, of life. It was damaging to the way I saw myself. And so I, I, you know, years and years after thinking about that experience, I was like, I gotta do something right? Because I know that God created me for a purpose, whether he gives me physical eyesight or not. He's given me a vision, right? Of a world where everyone, everyone knows how much God loves them. So despite my lack of eyesight, he's given me that vision and I got to use it. Like it's bubbling up. It's bubbling up years and years. And last year it was it. I was like, this is the time. You know, I got to do something. And uh, after finding out, Caleb, that only five to 10% of people with disabilities are being effectively reached by the gospel wow. for a variety of reasons. Um, one is because a lot, of, a lot of them aren't going to church because church is a scary place when you have a physical disability, mm -hmm. right? People staring at you. They look at you. They're telling you silly things like if you had more faith, <laughs> You know, you'd get exactly what you wanted, you know, and I know God can heal. He's a healer. It's in his nature, mm. but his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Of course, I love to be able to see, drive a car, all these things, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I would rather live in eternity without physical eyesight and be completely immersed in God's presence like I am today, it's like bubbling up. People are like, dang, you got a lot of energy. I don't even drink coffee, 
right? It's just one of the fruits of the spirit just all over me. I'd rather live like this forever than have physical eyesight and just, just like nothing. Mm. Like because of this disposition, I rely on God for everything. I dropped an earring, you know, earlier today and I'm like, Holy Spirit, need you to help me find this earring faller. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I, I just rely on him so much for everything. And just, and even though I can't see physically, I see Jesus all the time. And I just, I would rather that than have things go my own way. And so I'm just, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to make sure that people with disabilities know how valuable they are to the kingdom. I want them to know they have a purpose. God has a plan. And I want to call them out to start walking in their calling, whatever that may be. So that's what I'm up to. My goodness, Amber, that is so incredible. And I just, I love God's hand upon you. I love what he's put inside. I love the fact that you, you know, your Enneagram and you're like, I'm a three of it. This is what God put inside me. And I could see it. Like nothing's going to hold you back. And uh, it reminds me of like Peter, you know, Peter was always just like, he's like running to the front, let's go. And um, not only are you reaching a people group that is fairly unreached, but I feel like just you living and sharing your story. One of the things you said that really hit me hard was like, Hey, church ain't a safe place for people with disabilities. Like, wow. Ouch. It's true. It's so true. So I'm curious as you've started this ministry, how much of your ministry has been speaking directly to those who you're trying to show them, hey, this is how God sees you. And how much have you come across being a light to those who are in the body of Christ who are just ignorant to this segment of the population because it's just too easy to care about your own life? One thing that I have discovered um, through our mission, which is we want people to see themselves as God sees them, Mm -hmm. right? So that's our tagline, kingdom eyes, see yourself, as God sees you. And so as I'm, you know, dreaming with God about this ministry and what do we do and how do we do it? I I mean, for the most part, I'm thinking about people with disabilities. But then when I go and I have meetings with pastors and church leaders and small groups, if they saw themselves as God saw them, Mm -hmm. their outlook for everyone, including people with disabilities, would be completely different as I'm learning to see myself as God sees me, which he sees me as whole. He sees me as complete. He sees me as lacking nothing. Mm. He sees me as his daughter who he loves. Like he gave everything for me. Knowing that, discovering that when I'm walking down the street in in San Francisco, God bless that city, (laughs) but I'm walking down the street there and and I'm seeing a homeless guy just completely out of his mind. I'm seeing him differently all because I'm beginning to see myself as God sees me. So, you know, originally I'm like, I want to tell all the people with disabilities, this is a really cool lesson, but really it's not just for people with disabilities. It's for all of us. Mm -hmm. If we could see ourselves, if we just even got a glimpse you know, just a glimpse. I have reading glasses, Caleb, when I'm really, when I'm really getting into something, I put <laughs> these huge bifocals on. I won't embarrass myself right now, <laughs> but I have these huge bifocals, right? And I might not be able to see the whole screen, 
but sometimes I just get a glimpse and I'm like, oh, okay, I know, I know which program I'm on. I know which screen I'm on. Cause I just get a glimpse of it, right? I know where I'm at. It orients me. So if we could just get a glimpse of how God sees us, it would orient our hearts. It would orient our minds. It would orient our thoughts and our words, not just about ourselves, but about others. So seeing yourself as God sees you is for all of us. That has been my biggest discovery. Wow. I talked on the Race Course podcast with so many people about the hamster wheel, the the rat race, the inability to ever stop or see or stop and hear because there's there's so much grabbing at our attention. Amber, I want to transition into you got called into this ministry not out of well, let's just put it like this. You were happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been waiting to tell this story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, I had a job that I loved like this. And I, I, I told my boss, the CEO, like every day, you know, I would say, this is my dream job because it really was. I'm a, I'm a health and fitness person. You know, I have my bachelor's is nutrition. My master's is health promotion. Like I'm all about health and fitness and all this. And, uh, Basically, my job was I got to teach like health and fitness classes and organize big health and fitness events for people who were visually impaired in San Francisco. Right. So I'm living in this incredible San Francisco is, you know, I do complain about it every now and then, but it's a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful city. Right. I'm getting paid a San Francisco salary, which is great. Right. I'm doing what I love every day I wake up. And I'm happy. But when God started to burden my heart for this ministry, he let me know that some t- at some point, I'm going to call you to lay this job down. Now, in my number three Enneagram Achiever mind, I thought there, would, there were going to be some boxes checked off before he asked me to do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I thought... Well, of course, you'd provide my salary for the next year, God. You'd you'd provide all these things and line it up perfectly before you ask me to lay it down, right? Come on. And um, (laughs) (laughs) and of course, he did not. I tried to, in my own strength, with this is is such a good lesson, in my own strength, I tried to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I was like, before I take this risk, before I take this leap, I want to make sure all these things are lined up first. Right. And I worked real. I tried so hard to make sure that would happen. And it just led to so much stress, anxiety, worry, Mm. fear, like overworking because I was trying to do two big jobs at once. I got sick. I got shingles. I was like, what? 28. I didn't know that I could even get shingles. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I got sick like trying to line this risk up in my own strength and make it perfect so that I could just leap onto a nice fluffy cloud pillow. (laughs) Right. So here I am, got this job. I love great salary, great rhythm, doing what I love. And God's like, it's time, it's time to lay it down. And you know, when he asked me to lay it down, this is the, the wild part. He asked me to lay it down when literally everyone else around me, this was last year, everyone else around me was losing their jobs, Mm. roommates, friends, like the entire world, it felt like everyone was losing their jobs. 
Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at calebrakey.com. And I, I come out of a meeting, I remember this, off of a Zoom meeting, off-staff meeting for the organization I work for, and they're like, guys, we got to tell you, no one's getting furloughed. Everybody's in the budget for next year, for 2021. Everything's set. So they're telling me, I got a job next year. Everyone else is losing theirs. But 2021, same salary, no furlough, same vacation package. Everything's good. So I had a choice to make. Am I going to stay in this security when everyone else is losing their job? Like a lot of people were like, what are you doing? Or... Am I going to trust God and take this risk? It almost felt like if I don't do this, I'm going to be afraid. The only thing riskier than following God's lead is disobeying him. So I took the leap, quit my job. December 1st was my last day, December 1st, 2020. So I'm kissing the 2021 salary. Goodbye. Had a couple months of savings and, uh, I still have not received a paycheck yet for my ministry. So I'm still living off savings. Everything's fine. The Lord's uh, guided me out of San Francisco. I've, I've moved to Denver now somehow. And um, God's been here the whole time. He's with me right now. And um, his provision and not just about money. We think about money so much and it's important, but he's provided in so many more ways than that, mm-hmm. that I just... I would give up 10 years salary to have the last 30 to 60 days that I've had with God have been more valuable than any amount of salary. Mm-hmm. The amount of peace that I have, because I didn't have a lot of peace when I was, you know, trying to line things up for the risk. That was stressful. But the amount of peace that I have right now. Wow. I've shared this a few times on the podcast. And I'm telling you, the the book that I talk about would have gotten bigger since the last time I I spoke about it. And I always, I tell my wife this, I say, I wish I've written down every single time that I stared blankly thinking, God, you just, you just did a miracle. You provided that person when there was no person. You provided that home when there was no home. You, you provided that food when there's no food. You provided that check when there was no money. God truly equips you as he calls you, (laughs) there is nothing he cannot do. And so if you are sure of that calling as you are like, amen, God gets to show off his daughter and what he's doing and working through your ministry in miraculous ways. And, uh, he has, I'm a huge fan of Denver. I'm so glad you're there that my wife and I love Colorado. It's so great. It's so sunny. Uh, and so I hope your ministry just absolutely thrives there. And if there are people listening to this in Denver, please look Amber up, uh, please check out her ministry and be that person who can connect with her. Amber, 
you mentioned that it's important to share with other people, you know, what's going on in, in your life, you know, what's going on in your heart to share that, you know, you're scared that you're losing comfort. And I know what it's like to be the person who takes risk. You can get some pretty cockeyed looks and what are you doing? And, and because others expect you to stay on the wheel of expectation, but God's expectations are so different than the American dream or the typical pathway of people here in North America. Could you unpack that a little bit more and just sharing what's going on in your heart, you know, being open about what God's bringing you through, because honestly, it can sound crazy, right? Absolutely. I remember this one day, so I'm, I'm in the throes last year, last year, I want to say, I don't know, maybe this was around August of last year. I didn't quit my job till December. This was around August. I started raising money for Kingdom Eyes, and I'm still doing my full-time job. And I started a coaching business in 2020. So I had six clients that I was coaching at one time, and I was doing speaking. So I'm doing full-time job, speaking, coaching, and fundraising for Kingdom Eyes all at the same time. And uh, I remember this one morning, I just... I just was like so stressed and overwhelmed. My calendar was full of back-to-back meetings and all these expectations and just so much. And I just texted, I live in a house church. I live in a really, really cool house church community. So I just texted one of my friends upstairs and said, hey, can I just talk to you real quick? Or actually, no, I didn't text her. I went outside to walk my dog and she comes out and she could see how stressed I was and overwhelmed. She's like, how are you doing? Mm. I just said one question. How are you doing? I'm not doing good. Start crying. I, I'm like, I, I know God wants me to quit my job and I, I want to do it. I just want the timing to be right and all this. And so I'm just kind of pouring out. She just looks at me and she asks this very simple question. Right. And I'm typically you know, I want people to see me as strong. That's just one of my things. Like, I want to be strong. Mm-hmm. So she looks at me and uh, she says, what are you scared of? And instead of me saying, well, I'm nervous about health insurance. I'm nervous. I don't have any cash. Like, what if I can't pay rent or, mm. you know, I'm nervous about like what other people will think about me. I'm, I'm nervous about just taking this big leap, like, ah, instead of me just saying the truth, I said, I'm not nervous. I'm not scared about anything. (laughs) It's like, I'm not scared. And that was so far from the truth, but it's all because I, (laughs) yeah, I was freaking out. (laughs) It wasn't the truth. It was a facade. It was like something that I was trying to put on for other people. Cause I want to be, if God's calling me to take this leap, I want to be super Christian. I want to do it. And I don't want, I want people to say, wow, you did this cool thing. And you weren't even, you weren't even scared. That's amazing. You must have such great faith. And that goes back to the story of when people told me I didn't have a lot of faith. So when you're living out of a story, right, you have to put on things to like, you know, make yourself think that you're not in that same story. So because people told me that I didn't have a lot of faith, I want people to think I have a lot of faith, right? So there's just something that comes up for me anytime I feel like someone thinks that I, that I don't. 
it's just what just how that works when, you, when you're not like fully healed from things or when you've been told things so often mm. right so she's what are you scared of i'm not scared i'm not scared of anything so we you know hug it out cry it out all this and uh, my number three retriever mind is talking through things. I got this much in savings. I raised this much cash by the end of the year. If I switch over to this healthcare plan, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. When all my friend is doing is trying to figure out how can I love you? How can I support you? How can I pray for you? How can I challenge you to trust in our savior who loves you so much? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I do that? But I'm over here putting on this front of not being scared Mm. and trying to figure it out, trying to check the boxes, trying to think through, how is this going to work? And if I would have told the truth that day, Caleb, I probably would have quit my job a lot sooner. I probably wouldn't have got shingles. (laughs) Uh. Probably would have had a lot more peace and my the intimacy of that friendship in that moment just would have been so much greater, mm. right? Because I would have, I would have been authentic, would have been transparent with myself, with my friend, with God. And so now going forward, anytime I'm feeling scared, because I do, like I was in like a, a payroll kerfuffle a couple days ago. I'm still trying to figure out how does all these nonprofit laws work and payroll and 1099, W9s, W2s? You know, as a new founder, I'm kind of in, in the mix. And so I said, you know what? Take a step back here, push my laptop away. Called one of my sisters in Christ. Hey, you know what's a lot going on? I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need to be reminded of what God's done. And to be reminded that he's called me here, to be reminded of his truth. So like that was a huge lesson for me because now going forward, you're a new founder, you're, you're building something with Christ. There's going to be times of fear. Okay. You're going to be challenged. But now instead of me saying, I'm not scared, putting on this front, I'm going to bend, bend a knee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up a phone, send an email to a mentor. Hey, here's what's happening. It's so much better. It's so much better. I love how you went from, I need to be a super Christian to, I need to bend my knee. What an amazing contrast of the stories we tell ourselves of what we quote unquote need to be. It's like when we look at scripture, (laughs) the super Christians, (laughs) they weren't so super. Uh, They just came and God had to humble them so that they were usable to bend the knee. That's absolutely amazing. You know, it even brought up to mind like for years, and I love that you were health and fitness for years. I struggled with my weight horribly. Like I was never super overweight or anything like that, but struggled to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I would always try and do stuff on my own, try to do the new diet, try to do this. I only ever saw results when I found community, when mm-hmm. I leaned on others. Mm-hmm. And it's very much the same and so much more enhanced in the body of Christ. When we try to go it alone, things don't go well. We were bred out of community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We're meant for community. And it's those around us who do remind us 
we are emotional beings and can be tossed to and fro. And sometimes all the time we need each other and to really meet each other, we have to be authentic. And I just absolutely love that, that story so much. So Amber, where is your ministry taking you in, in the next two to five years? And God's going to change that plan every two months, <laughs> especially as you, as you, <laughs> as you ramp this up. I've, I've been there. I was almost the, your exact same age when I started my own company. Give us the vision that he's given you. What do you see? Who are you serving? Yeah. So I am seeing virtual community groups that meet weekly led by people with disabilities for people with disabilities. I'm seeing them disciple each other. I'm seeing them uh, becoming leaders, discipling one another, getting involved in their own churches. I'm seeing pastors and church leaders with hearts that are softened for people with disabilities and with a spirit that is more sensitive to how we treat people that are different from us. I'm seeing like me training and teaching these pastors and church leaders, you know, about the posture of our hearts when it comes to God's ways and how they're so much different than ours. And I'm seeing people with disabilities, an entire generation of people with disabilities completely living for Christ and also like being called to a higher standard. Because in church, when we see or think about people with disabilities, it's like, how can I serve them? They need to be served. But I want to flip it around and say, you have a disability? I'm going to ask you how you can serve. What are the gifts God's given you and how can you use them right now? So that, that's what I'm seeing. I can't wow. wait. I now. love that. And it is so clear and I see it and God's going to realize it. God's going to make it happen. I always ask my guests this, and that is to fill in the blank. <laughs> it can be a sentence. It can be a word. Risk is blank. Mm. Risk is obedience. Ooh, that's good. I don't think I've heard that one. <laughs> Everyone, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Risk is obedience. We can, like, I love one of our guests, Steve Lobby, mentioned that he said uh, he works with a lot of writers and he said that he's seen so many people talk themselves out of genius. And the idea of they just, they talk to themselves, oh, I should never write this. I should never do this. Well, I think so many believers talk themselves out of God's calling on their life. Mm. They don't see what they're being called to as obedience. They think it's responsibility. They think, oh, no, mm. I have to be responsible. I have to keep my job. I got to do this. And that's, that can be very true in so many situations. Mm. But God, when he speaks, his voice is louder than anything else inside of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it becomes obedience. It is obedience. Mm -hmm. Amber, thank you so much for joining me on the Riskers podcast. I want you to share where we can learn more about you, where we can learn more about your ministry, how we can get plugged in. So in listening right now, go, oh my goodness, like I want to support Amber's <laughs> vision or I want to, you know, uh, you know, I, I work with legal docs. I, I want to help her figure out that <laughs> side of her business, whatever it is. I want to hear where people can connect with you. Absolutely. You can go to kingdomeyes.org. It's kingdom, E-Y-E-S 
www.ghostbusters.org. I am probably the easiest person to find on the planet. <laughs> so um, super easy to connect with me there. Um, you can also just send me a quick little note uh, there. And uh, I would just, I'd love to hear from you guys, maybe hear what you thought about this episode and hear what's on your heart in any way I can encourage you, connect with you. I think that would be fantastic. Amber, Kiera, everybody. And uh, can we just uh, acknowledge the fact that Kingdom Eyes is one of the coolest domains I've ever heard? <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. Please subscribe uh, to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you've enjoyed today's episode with Amber as much as I have, please leave a five-star review. And finally, if God's calling you to risk, to heal a pain or solve a problem in this world, just like Amber is doing, get started. Uh, you can check us out at calebreaky.com where I help pastors, Christian leaders take the risk of writing their book, building their ministry platform. What Amber's creating right now, it's a ministry platform. You hear terms like brand, website, things like that. You're essentially letting people know this is the mission God has put me on. And I'm looking to connect with others who are also passionate about this same mission. What you have to do is get started. I encourage you to get started today. Amber, thank you so much for joining me on the Riskers podcast. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebrakey.com.